listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. I want to um, kind of share with you this morning. I had uh, changed plans a little bit. Um, we're going to start, the plan is I'm going to start in two weeks. We're going to do a series um, and I don't have a name for it yet. We're hopefully we're going to kind of come up with a name for it. But um, bottom line is it's it, we're going to spend about six seven weeks um, just looking at the life of Jesus and and seeing what he did and how he responded to his dad and how he responded to people and how he how he lived his life and it kind of goes along with this whole you know theme that we've been talking about as far as what as a church our mission of loving God and loving people and and and, and you know impacting the world and making disciples and and that as a disciple the disciples are follower of who jesus okay and if we're christ followers then if we're going to follow we probably ought to know a little bit about him you know and how he lived and how he responded and so um you know for me it would just be you know i want to i want to be an imitator of him in fact as paul makes this paul makes a statement and i it's always just kind of Amaze me because I don't know that I would make the statement, but Apostle Paul makes a statement to be imitators of me as I'm an imitator of Christ. That's, that's pretty bold. <laughs> There's some things in my life I'm not sure I want y'all imitating. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Um, but, and I know Paul wasn't perfect, but it's still, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty bold. You know, and so, I mean, if we're if we're followers of Christ, and the and I've been thinking a lot about this a lot lately too. That Jesus, if Jesus is the head, and we're the body, we're attached to Him, obviously, and we're the body, we're the Jesus people see. Isn't that right? I mean, our our neighbors, our friends, our family, the people we work with, we're we're the Jesus that people see, and so that kind of. To me, when I think about that, I you know, I want to be certain I'm I'm imitating him. I'm showing him. He's living. Basically, it's he, him living in me and through me. But anyway, that's a that's another sermon. Um, I just I wanted to go this morning or this morning. I'm going to go this evening. Um, one of these days soon, I'm going to be able to say I want to go this morning. And that's going to be neat. You know, we're actually meeting on Sunday morning. That's going to be it's going to be different. I. There's part of me that kind of likes Sunday night. I've gotten so used to it. And then part of me is like, ah. Anyway, um, there's been, you know, with, with the hurricanes and the, and the, um, you know, some of the, the earthquakes and the fires that have gone on, um, you know, there's been, there's been some questions and some, and some people have been questioning and, and on Facebook, social media, those places, you see some of these questions where, you know, that, that are like, you know, if God, if God's good, how does He allow this to happen? You ever heard that? You ever thought that? If God, if God's, if God's good, and He's, we all kind of believe, at least in the Western culture, that He's, He's, if He's God, then that must mean that He's sovereign and He's in charge of everything and He rules over everything. So if that's the case, then if God's good, how, how does, how does he allow a hurricane to wipe out an island? 
Uh, I mean, how does he allow an earthquake to, to do that? And, and some people will even go as far as saying, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but some people even go as far as saying, not only did he allow it, but he sent it. I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, some quote prophetic people on, in the Christian circles that have, that have made statements that said, God sent this because of sin, because of this. So this is God's judgment on these people. You heard that? And I, I mean, I, I, I guess I have an inside track. We all have an inside track with God. We don't talk to Him, but I just, my understanding of God is God doesn't do that. And we're going to look at that in the scripture. Another kind of way of looking at that is, is why does, why do bad things happen to good people? Or, you know, to a child or to, or any, why does that happen? And I'm, I'm, I'm going to attempt to not get real technical, uh, or theological, but it's going to kind of be more of a teaching tonight than a preaching. You know the difference between teaching and preaching? One, I'm quieter. The other one, I'm loud. <laughs> That's not the only difference, but there is some difference. But why, you know, why does God, you know, why does He allow or why does He ascend you know, things like earthquakes or tornadoes or illness, or abuse or, you know, poverty or sorrow, injuries, just, you know, all of that list of, of you know, social injustices and, and things that, that are happening. Why does, why does, you know, why does God do that? Or why does He, like I say, some people say allow that, you know, because He's kind of sovereign. So, you know, remember Job, you know, Satan had to come and ask permission. So we go back, you know, Literally, Job was the first book of the Bible that was written. You guys know that? It wasn't Genesis. It was Job. It was the first one that was written. So we go back to this Old Testament concept and covenant of who God is, and we try to bring that into the New Testament and make that our theology. So Satan can't really even do anything without God's permission. So even if we do blame the hurricane or whatever, or sickness or, or sorrow or death, or we, even if we blame that on Satan, it's still kind of under the... You know, under the auspices or under the arm of, of God allowed it to happen. Have you heard that? I mean, I've heard, I was raised that way. That's the way I was taught. And so, you know, I mean, even, I, I looked up this morning actually and, and looked up, um, acts of God. You had to do that. Google, not right now, but Google acts of God. And it's, it's interesting. It's like acts of God are basically what insurance companies call Things that man didn't cause. So if it's a big fire that that comes in and says says wipes out you know half the city or something, but it was an arson that started it, that wasn't an act of God. But if it was lightning that started it, then God did it. <laughs> That's an act. At least, and, and this is this is people that don't even believe in God. Somehow or another, God did it. I'm not really sure how you get there. If you don't believe in God, how can you think God did it? But there's, you know, there's a sense that God, God is the one that's kind of orchestrating all of that, you know, and he, he kind of has his thumbprint or his fingerprint on those things. So, you know, you know, again, is, is it, is that, is that God? Is that God? I mean, we even, oh boy, I don't want to sidetrack over there. <laughs> we heard this actress a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to name a name, but she was she was blaming President Trump for the hurricanes. It was literally. I mean, this is a well known actress. Okay, some of you may have seen this, but she literally was blaming the 
president because, for the hurricanes because he was anti-environmentalism. And so, so Mother Nature was coming against Donald Trump because he was against her. And, and Mother Nature caused the hurricanes. Like, really? You know, where do you, where do, where do people come up with some of this theology? Anyway, have you ever, maybe not to that degree, but just in our everyday life, in our everyday living, do you ever ask God those kind of questions like, why? You know, like, why me? Why did this happen? You know, I mean, it could be as simple as, as, uh, is a, even just, I mean, that's, this happened to me not too long. It's, it's, it's not really even necessarily a question, but sometimes it's like your first thought that comes up and it's like, really God? You know what I'm saying? It's like I said, really God? You're let, yeah, I mean, you let that, and it's like it's almost our first thought is I'm, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, what's happened with Kathy? I mean, when I, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's been a couple of months ago now, when I was backing my truck up at the lake we were on, enjoying life, and I'm backing up my truck and wipe out my side mirror and scratch the side of my truck, and it's like, I mean, literally my first thought was, really, God, you know, couldn't you have stopped that from happening? Like, it, you know, literally, like it was his fault that I... But that was that first, and I caught it. It's like, you know, immediately I caught it, actually. But it's like, somehow or another, that, even that thought's still kind of like in me. It's like, God, how could you, you could have stopped that. You could have, you know, you could have not let it go in reverse or something, you know. <laughs> you could have, you know, supernaturally shifted the tree over why I came. You have those thoughts sometimes. It's like, really, God? You know, how, you know, why do you let those kind of things happen? I mean, See, here's the point. This question even of, you know, why does God let good things happen to bad people? Or why, if, if there's a God, why does He allow this to happen? Even those questions, basically, and this is where we're going to get a little, little theological, okay? But I, I think this is, I think it's key that you and I understand this and can have a, literally have a biblical understanding of the sovereignty of God and have a biblical understanding of, of how these things happen because we are surrounded by people that are asking those questions. And I think it's good if we can answer some of those questions and point people to Christ in the process of doing that. So it comes to, you know, loving on people and being able to share because this is, we've been in a season with all this stuff that's going on and people are asking those questions. Now, how does God do that? I mean, how can he let that happen to these people? You see, and so basically that, even that question implies that if there's a God that he's, he's literally in charge of everything. In fact, is how many of you heard this, how many of you have heard this statement? When something bad happens, somebody makes a statement. Everything happens for a reason. You ever heard that? Everything happens for a reason. You know what's implied in that? God's the reason. Right? I mean, how many times have you heard that when some when somebody something dramatic happens? Somebody's been in a in a in a major wreck, or somebody's died. You know, somebody lost a child. You know, how many times have you heard somebody make that kind of statement? Well, you know, everything happens for a reason, and that just that statement even implies, and God's the reason. <laughs> A couple of years ago, a close friend of mine that I have grown up hunting with, his grandson, four-year-old grandson, 
got bitten by a rattlesnake in his yard, in the backyard, and wound up dying. This four-year-old kid. And you know, Kathy and I went over there and prayed for him ahead of time, just believing God was going to heal him, and, and, and he died. And it's like, you know, sometimes the statements we make of, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know I mean, I, I've heard people say that about that, you know, or, or, you know, and this, and I'm saying some of this because we need to be careful how we say things, okay? How, how many, I mean, I heard people say, well, you know, God just, he, he wanted another angel in heaven. You ever heard that? You know how unbiblical that is? <laughs> to begin with, when you die and go to heaven, you don't become an angel. Right? The other is God doesn't really need any more angels. He's got all he needs. <laughs> he created them. And, and, and the other thing that implies is God took them. So now we've blamed God for the rattlesnake bite that took this four-year-old kid. It's God's fault. Because if he's sovereign, he, he couldn't, I mean, couldn't God have stopped that? I mean, couldn't God have not let the child be right there at that time? Or couldn't the rattlesnake have gone somewhere else? Or I mean, God could have stopped it. And so we have these kind of questions, and people in your life are going to have these kind of questions and wrestle with these kind of things. I, I can remember even in our own lives, close to it's been about 10 years ago now, we had to, we had to wind up filing bankruptcy. And we went through this whole process of bankruptcy. And I can remember one of the leaders of our church, he wasn't one of the pastors, but one of the leaders of our church, he and I were talking about it during the time it was going on. And, it's, and this is a, a solid, biblical guy that's been following Jesus for many years. Okay, And his statement to me at the time was this, when you learn what God's trying to teach you in this, share it with me because I don't want to have to go through it. You ever heard that? And you know what that implies? That's saying God is making you, Bob and Kathy, go through bankruptcy because He's got something He wants to teach you. So God's going to put this bad thing on us to teach us something, is what that's saying. I've heard that my whole life about stuff. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say something about, well, you know, you know, I know God, you know, God, God, put cancer on that person because he wanted to teach them something. Now see, the reality of that or the truth is, can God use cancer in somebody's life? Sure He can. He can God can take what the enemy... In fact, I remember this verse somewhere in Genesis where God, through Joseph, was saying this, that God can take what you, the enemy meant for evil and turn it to Good. God's big enough and power enough that no matter what the enemy brings, God can, God can, God can take the cancer that the enemy put in somebody's life and he can use that for good. But there's a difference between him, him redeeming that, okay, where he redeemed what was bad. There's a difference between him redeeming that and turning it to good and him putting that on somebody to teach them something. I mean, there's a massive difference in that. 
I mean, I, I can remember, and I've shared this with you guys before, but I can remember when we first got, you know, basically first got saved and, and, you know, was going to seminary and, and Kathy and I got married and we had our first son, Robbie, comes along and he was about two years old. And there was a very, at that time, a very well-known Baptist preacher in the city of Jacksonville at a huge church. And one of his sons got killed in a hunting accident. And this pastor, and, and I'm not saying he meant this wrongly or meant it for evil, but he was, he basically was sharing and making this statement that God took my son so he could teach me how to be a better man of God. And I literally, I can remember going for years with this fear that God was going to take my son so he could teach me how to be a better pastor. And what kind of God does that? <laughs> now, can he can he use that? I mean, can if that happens and, and the enemy comes along and steals and kills and robs from somebody, can God use that in somebody's life to 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 mature them and grow them and, and make them into in a stronger person for him? Sure he can. But what a difference between that happening and him doing that because he wants to teach you something. I mean, just look at the, look in the Bible. You know, use this as the, as the guide here. Look at the life of Jesus, what we're going to be doing in a few weeks. But how many times when Jesus was on planet Earth, how many times when he was walking along and somebody came up to him and asked him to heal him, how many times, heal her, how many times did Jesus look at that person and say, no, not right now. God's still trying to teach you something. Maybe my next time around I'll heal you. How many times did Jesus do that? Like zero. I want you to write this down. I think it was Putty that made this statement. Putty Putman, a guy that taught the School of Kingdom Ministries. But this is a profound statement that you need to get down. Either the sovereignty of God is simple... And the goodness of God is complicated, or the goodness of God is simple, and the sovereignty of God is complicated. What does that mean? Let me let me explain it. <laughs> let me explain it. If the sovereignty of God, and see this again is how I was raised was that first part. Okay, I was taught this: God is sovereign, right? And He is sovereign. Problem is, I misunderstood what that meant. My idea of God as being sovereign was what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, is that God's in charge of everything that goes on in the planet. And so if it happens, God either purposely did it, or remember this permissive will, He either purposely did it, or He at least allowed it to happen. Him and Satan had a conversation, and God said, yeah, go ahead, you can put cancer on that person, because I'm going to teach them something. So the sovereignty of God is plain. When I say simple, what I mean is the sovereignty of God is clear and plain. God is sovereign, period, over everything that happens. The goodness of God, because we believe He's good, right? The goodness of God becomes complicated. And so what we do is we look and we go, I don't really understand how me getting cancer can be good, but somehow or another, God's going to make it good. One Somehow... And, and some, I don't understand it. I'm only human. I don't understand God's thoughts and plans, but somehow or another, this is good. 
This sickness is good. This death is good. My uncle dying in a car wreck. Somehow or another, that's good. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but somehow it is. Are you following me? Or the goodness of God is clear and simple and solid. God's good, period. And the sovereignty of God becomes a little complicated. We don't quite understand it. It's a little more difficult to grasp. What does that mean that God's sovereign? I mean, the reality of it is, could God stop something from happening? Yeah. But somehow or another, there's a sovereignty of God, and there's the will of man that works in there, and there's the enemy that works in there, and there's the fall of man that works in there, and that whole process. So somehow or another, what we've got to do is decide... I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to decide that to me, in the scripture, in the Bible, the simple truth is God is good. It's very clear. There's no doubt in my mind God's clear, good. Sometimes I don't understand how His sovereignty works. It's a little more complicated. There's people that are much smarter than I am that can tell you how to do that. But I, does that make sense to you? Is that, is that clear? And so to me, what that says is this. I can bank on His goodness. I can go to the bank with that. God's good. Now, that's pretty clear, okay? Death, killing somebody's not good. Would you agree? Putting sickness on somebody isn't good. Robbing from somebody isn't good. See, some people... I mean, I've even heard this statement. Well, God, couldn't God, couldn't He have created a world where there wasn't tragedy and there wasn't sickness and there wasn't disease and there wasn't hurricanes and there wasn't earthquakes? Couldn't God have created a world like that? (laughs) He did. (laughs) And we blew it, right? Man came, Adam sinned, and, and we basically took the authority that God had given to man and we handed it over to who? To Satan. Fact is, there's a scripture. Am I getting ahead of myself? Anyway, let me let me go back. Genesis says God saw all that He made, and it was what good, very good. Somehow or another, you know, man not somehow or another. Adam blew it, messed it up, and 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 then comes into play this whole this whole thing of good again of goodness. And love, you know, in other words, God and, and creating man gave man what's known as a, a will, a free will. God wanted people, God, God created man for the, for the main purpose to do what? To bring him glory. And to what? Love him. <laughs> right? The greatest commandments what? God wants us what? He wants us in relationship. He wants us loving Him. He's loved us. He's poured out His love on us. But He wants us responding with what? Love back. Uh, Understand this. A robot can't love. (laughs) Right? I mean, God God could have made man where man had no choice but to love Him. He could have done that. But it's not love if if you're forced into it. That makes sense. In other words, y- y'all remember those little dolls that you could pull the thing and they talk. You know, what do you call them? <laughs> what you say, Josh? Stretch. <laughs> 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 
That's another sermon. <laughs> Remember those dolls that had a little little thing? What? Yeah, well, whatever, Chatty Cathy, something like that. And you can pull them. And ch- wow, I could go off on the. I could go off with sermon on that. <laughs> um, anyway, back on topic. <laughs> Remember, you could pull them and they would just say something, right? And you could program the people that made these dolls. They could have programmed, programmed a doll and pulled it and it could have just looked at you and said, I love you. Pull it. I love you. I love you. And you could get when pull it. I love you. Guess what? Does that doll love you? No. It's just a programmed thing. God, God could have made man where we just said, I love you. But without free will involved, it's not really love. Does that make sense? And so God made man with a free will. Man messed it up. <laughs> um, because again, love always has a choice. Man chose to sin. And because of that sin, here, here's where we get back to the earthquakes. Because of the fall, nature itself was corrupted. You with me? In fact, because of the fall, because of sin, nature, earth itself was corrupted. Because of the fall, thorns came along. Remember? Thistles. Work (laughs) came along. Sweat came along. (laughs) In fact, Romans 8.22 says this, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. In other words, nature itself, the earth, is, is still, right now, still is groaning, waiting for redemption. Waiting for the second coming. Waiting for Jesus to come back and for the millennial to start. And that's what happens when the earth comes together and has been totally, God makes a new heavens and new earth and it's redeemed. Okay? So the earth was corrupted in the fall. So, Scientifically, if you want to look at it it's just strictly from a scientific point of view, earthquakes are, cha- are caused by what? A couple of plates getting together and what? Shifting, basically. That's the, that's the first grade version of that. <laughs> so scientifically, that's what happens. Theologically, or in the spirit realm, we know that would not be happening if it wasn't for sin, for man's sin, for the fall. Because of that, that's what's going on. And Jesus said He's going to redeem that. So if God, if God's not the one causing all this bad stuff to happen, who is? It's not a trick question. If God's not causing it, who is? The, the other guy, the enemy's causing it. Remember this verse. Remember, remember this verse in John 10, 10 says this. The thief comes to what? Still kill and destroy, but I came to what? Alright, here's another thing you need to write down. There's this fancy word called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics? This guy named Herman is less than that. Hermeneutics. Who knows what the definition of hermeneutics is? Come on, somebody does. Have you put it up there yet? Hey, hey. do I even have it on there? There you go. Well, that doesn't really describe it either. Hermeneutics is basically the study or the interpretation of Scripture. Okay? People that are a lot smarter than me and us, I will say, 
have put together some principles, what they call principles of hermeneutics. It's principles, it's ways to learn how to study or how to interpret Scripture. One of the fact is, it may be the first principle, I don't remember all the principles, but one of the main principles of hermeneutics in Scripture is this. You, you let the plain be the plain. You let the plain dictate what the complicated means. Does that make sense? In other words, what I'll put up there, you let the simple interpretate, interpretate, you let the simple interpret the complicated. What does that mean? It means this. If it very clearly states something in one place in Scripture, Jesus said, you with me? Jesus said, the thief, who is who? The enemy, comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, who's he? God has come to what? Give life abundantly. That's, you, that's not real hard to interpret. You with me? So if Jesus very clearly states the enemy or the thief comes to do this, when you see that happening, when you see killing, when you see stealing, when you see robbing, when you see those things happening, it's pretty clear from what Jesus said who's responsible. You with me? So what do we do? We take what's simple and clear and we let that interpret other scriptures. When we go to other scriptures, especially when we go back into the Old Covenant, into the Old Testament, and we start seeing scriptures there that talk about God and we start seeing scriptures there that talk about His sovereignty and how He did this and He did that. We need to understand we live in a different covenant. We live in the new covenant to begin with. And we need to understand that that needs to be interpret, interpreted. <laughs> that needs to be interpreted and uh, to line up with what Jesus has said. You with me? All right, I'm going I'm I'm to go a little further into that. In Hebrews 1.3 it says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the what? Let's all read it together. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being sustaining all things by His powerful Word. What does that mean? Jesus is what? Is what? Exact representation of who? Of God, the Father. You tracking? So, what's that mean? <laughs> Jesus also said many places in the Scripture, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> he also says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So, Jesus, get this picture now, okay? This is, this is important to understand. If Jesus is the exact picture of who Dad is, of who the Father is, then our image of the Father needs to be what? The same image as the image, our image of Jesus. You with me? See, I was raised, and a lot of you guys were raised, and I, and really, I don't have a percentage. I, I know several years ago, I've read it to you guys, USA Today came out with a, with an article, and it was basically it divided up people into four groups. Bottom line, what it meant was about 75% of Americans believe that God's a mad, angry God. That's where 75% of the people you and I bump into, their, their belief and faith about who God is, that He's angry at them. 
And I've shared some of y'all with my story. That's how I was raised. My, my image of, of God the Father was an Old Testament image. Under the Old Covenant. Now listen to me. Don't, don't get confused with this. The Old Covenant is not wrong and the New Covenant right. You with me? The Old Covenant was a part. Okay. The Old Covenant was pointing toward what was coming in the New. Right? So the things that happened in the old are pointing to what's coming in the new. And Jesus says, and the Scripture says, that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of that. So anything we want to believe about God, Jesus is the exact representation of who God is. So my belief and my understanding of who Dad is should be the same thing as my belief and understanding of who Jesus is. But I'm telling you, many, many, many Christians today, their belief system is this. The Father is, is kind of like the old covenant guy, and He's just waiting to zap you. He's just waiting for you to get out of line. He's just waiting for us to sin so He can send a hurricane and wipe us out. <laughs> you with me? And that's kind of, that's the, that's the concept that many Christians have today. That God is like, just, you know, He's the God with the whip. He's the one that wants to whip up on you. He's the one just waiting for you to step out of line so He can, so He can, you know, do something to you. He's the one that sends all these things because that's what the, that's the picture and the image we have over here. What we don't understand is over here is pointing to what's over here and the New Covenant. And if the New Covenant under the, the New Testament teaches us something very clear about who God is in the image of Jesus, then that's who He is. And what we, if, if the old and our mind or our thinking doesn't line up with the new, then guess where the problem's at? In our alignment. <laughs> we don't understand it. We don't interpret it correctly. I hope this is, I hope this is making sense. In Colossians it says this in the Amplified. Colossians 2 9. What's the matter? Oh. The Amplified, Colossians 2 9. For in him, and who? Who's him? In Jesus, all the fullness of deity. Who's the deity? Amplified. The Godhead dwells in bodily form, completely expressing the divine essence of God. Isn't that awesome? Let me try it again. Isn't that awesome? What's that saying? That's saying Jesus is what? He's the picture. He's the exact, He's the fullness of God. The whole deity, the whole Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit is wrapped up in what we see in Jesus. Now for some people it's a lot easier to say, and I, again, I kind of bought into this. Like, Jesus, Jesus wanted to be my friend, and the Father just kind of put up with me because He liked Jesus. And somehow or another, Jesus' blood kind of covered everything. So when the Father looks at me, he, I've heard this preach. The Father looks at me, he, you know, he looks at me kind of through the blood of Jesus. And so what he sees is Jesus. You know how un- unbiblical that is? Jesus, look at me. The blood of Jesus didn't cover your sins. The blood of Jesus did what? 
eradicated them, (laughs) wiped them out, took them away, took care of them, separated us as far as the east is from the west. It's not, in other words, the blood of Jesus isn't like some, like some makeup that's put on you to cover up a blemish. (laughs) The blood of Jesus totally, listen to me, totally annihilated the old guy that was in you. Annihilated him, killed him dead. (laughs) That's why Paul could say, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live and not me, but Christ that lives in me. That's how he could say, I'm now a new creation. The old guy was killed. When Jesus died, the old guy died with him. Amen, Bob. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) See, my belief from understanding of the Scripture is that it teaches us that God is good, that pain and death and poverty and sickness and those things come from an enemy that we have. And this is important for so many reasons. I mean, how, you know, we, we believe that we can pray for people and see them get healed. Right? How, but if I don't understand that, if I'm, if in the back of my mind, if you come up, if Janie comes up to me and says, would you pray for me? I just found out I got cancer. Believe me, this is just, this is just, maybe that's a bad example. I just found out I got an ingrown toenail. How's that? <laughs> and she comes up to me. If I have to do this, if I've got to sit there and go through this wrestling match, okay, I'm going to pray for her, but I'm going through this wrestling match. Okay. Now, is that sickness something God gave her because he's trying to teach her something? Or is that sickness something the enemy gave her? Or maybe it's just her own fault because she doesn't eat good. <laughs> I never said I was a scientist. <laughs> Are you following me? I mean, if that's, if I got to go through that wrestling match to pray for somebody, I'm never going to be able to pray for them in faith. But if I can look at that sickness and understand that it's not from God, it's not a result of, of, of something she did and God threw this sickness on her to teach her or to train her, but I can look at it and recognize that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I can look at that sickness and recognize God wants to deal with it. The fact is, I can look at it and go, Jesus actually already dealt with it, and we can just speak to it to be whole and to be healed. Yeah, even if it was your fault. Absolutely. You see how much bigger God is than all that? See, how, how can I, I mean, some of the stuff we were taught, how can, you see, how can I, as a Christian, as a, as a, as a child of God, if, if I believe that God does all that kind of stuff so he can teach me or train me or mature me, how can I, how, I gotta walk kind of through life going, okay, I know it's coming any minute now. Right? I mean, if that's my, if that's my theology about how God operates, I've gotta, I, I, I especially if it's been a while since anything bad's happened. <laughs> right? I mean, and it's been two years since I've been sick or anybody in my family's been sick. You know, I know God, that's how He works in my life is cause of that. I, something's fixing to happen. 
I mean, you see how sort of dumb that is. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. It's just, it's not what God says. God's good. He's always good. He'll always be good. Kind, full of mercy. Loving kindness endures forever. See, I, I think we just got, we have to learn. It's kind of like I just shared, uh, started this whole thing off. When that thing in you kind of pops up out of nowhere and goes, really God? <laughs> how did you, how could you let that happen? I've been serving, I've been, I've been serving you. You ever said that? God, I've been, I've been faithful. I've been serving. I deserve better than this. You don't maybe say that, but you at least thank it. <laughs> And it's like, you know what? God's like, you know what? I didn't, even, I did, I'm not the one that said that. Do something about it. I gave you authority and power over it. Stand in what I've given you. But do you understand? We can't even, we can't do that if our mind, if our theology says, well, maybe this one was from God. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Um, 